Hey legends and welcome to season three, episode two of The Lowdown. Now it's been a minute since we released episode one, but that's because we've been working really hard to expand the podcast. So you'll be seeing new members of The Lowdown very soon and look out for new hosts that you'll hear in the future. I'm super excited for all there is to come on the podcast. Now today, Erin is going to join me in hosting because, hint hint, she loves the topic of this episode and actually knows the guest quite well. So speed skating isn't really one of your super common sports. So for those who are unfamiliar with it, can you help define speed skating, Erin? Uh, I'd love to because I do in fact love this topic. Um, but long track speed skating and short track speeding, speed skating, actually both different types of speed skating. So specifically today, we're going to be talking about short track speed skating because that is what our guests actually participated in. Um, but it's just like, it's like track, like running where you go around and you race in a circle, but on ice with really long skates. <laughs> That's basically all it is. Okay, great. So you know what? That really helped me because honestly, I'm not the most well-versed in the world of skating. I did figure skate when I was a tiny child and I thought I was super good until I watched a video of myself attempt a jump um, and that gave me a reality check. But anyways, <laughs> moving on from my sad skating skills. Last year, we talked a whole lot about civic engagement, politics and advocacy. But for all the athletics lovers, today's episode is going to be about sports. So our guest is Cheyenne Go, an Olympic speed skater. Um, now, Erin, do you want to tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, so uh, Cheyenne, she actually uh, was born in Singapore and she moved to Leduc when she was just like very little. And she actually started skating in Edmonton um, with uh, the Edmonton club that we have here. And she, you know, stuck with it and eventually got so good that she joined the Singapore national team, moved to Singapore and actually participated in the Olympics. Okay, so our guest for season three, episode two of The Lowdown is Cheyenne Go. How are you, Cheyenne? I'm good. How are well, you? <laughs> yeah, are you excited for this episode? I don't know, we haven't filmed in quite a while, so I'm a little bit nervous, but how are you feeling? I'm good. Okay, that's great. Okay, so we can just jump right into it. So earlier on, Erin um, was already talking a little bit about what speed skating is. But many listeners are probably curious about what about you. So can you summarize your speed skating career for us really quickly? Like maybe what events have you competed in? Um, so I guess in short track, um, most people do the same three events. So the 500,015. And uh, so I'm a, a former national team skater for the Singapore national team. So we did, had a really small team because... Uh, it's like a tropical country, so um, I never did a relay, but there's also a relay event as well. Yeah, that's cool. Did you ever do like relay separately, or like in different competitions or events, or um, you just didn't do relay in the, the national team? Um, I've done like uh, relays with the national team in like Southeast Asian mm -hmm. competitions, I guess. Um, and then I've done uh, relay teams with, like, uh, the teams that I skate with in Canada, I guess. Yeah, okay, that's really cool. So um, when we first met a couple weeks ago over Google Meet, you said that you met a lot of your friends through skating. 
So did your connections with the friends you made through speed skating help push you further in the sport? And if so, how? Um, yeah, I think like being with your friends um, and being like team friends with your teammates um, really makes like going to practices worth it. And um, it'll definitely like make you want to do better and push you. And uh, when you spend so much time with the same group of people, um, they kind of become like your social life. So um, they, they are like um, the friends you have, like if say you were going to school, it's like the same kind of like camaraderies thing, I guess. And um, I guess even like beyond the sport. So after um, I quit skating, um, you kind of like realize that a lot of the people that you meet are like friends that you want to keep for life. And uh, I guess like, for example, I live with five other people and three of them are actually current or retired skaters. And my boyfriend and his roommate are also recently retired skaters. Like quitting skating was like pretty hard um, mentally. And I think like it was harder than I thought it would be. But it was really um, nice and I'm like pretty grateful that uh, I was able to like have the same shared experience with a group of people. So like everyone sort of stopped at the same time. So I know like I'm going through it with a group of people as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I play soccer, like I definitely don't skate or anything. Um, but in terms of like the community, I definitely agree. Like um, I played soccer for, let's see, like around 10 years now in the community um, that like I formed and the number of friends um, I've met kind of like a second family already. So I know like when I quit, it'll also be pretty tough mentally, honestly. But in the end, I think it's really important because you do form a lot of like lifelong friends and just people that you know like have your back and Aaron, Aaron is a speed skater so do you want to talk to us a little bit about the community in speed skating and your relation to it? I mean I personally am really happy hearing Shannon say like yeah I still talk to lots of my speed skating friends, lots of people I make connections with because lots of the people I know at speed skating really I've known for so long, I've known since I was like five years old and it's just it's really important to me that I like I'm actually able to keep those connections because you always hear stories that like people don't really stay in contact, but I'm really glad that like that's actually happened. That's something that can happen to me too. Yeah, so I know I don't speed skate, but I do play soccer, like I said, and I'm well aware of the profound impact that coaches can have on the lives of athletes, right? Especially because I've been coached um, by the same coach for around 10 years. Um, and you said that there were different coaches that help you recognize different things. So is there a specific coach or role model that helped you recognize that you could make the Olympics, even if, as you said, it took some luck? Um, well, honestly, I think, like, uh, the qualification itself was, like, um, not really expected at all for anyone um, that I was close to. Um, like, I actually had my flight um, leaving Shanghai, uh, booked for like when the main event started because like no one was expecting me to like actually make it through but yeah I mean things happen and I guess that's why mm -hmm. sometimes even if it's a long shot it's worth trying yeah um oh sorry sorry no I was just gonna say like um even like beyond the Olympics then was there anything in general that your coaches really um helped you realize or something that your coaches in a, in a way like inspired you or anything yeah, I think, like, 
um, leading up to like the Olympics itself, my coach was like really good in um, like trying to like prepare me and like making me feel confident for the race. And um, she herself was like, uh, her name was Chen Li Kyung, and she was like a really incredible skater. Um, she has like four Olympic golds and um, nine time world champion, I think. So like she really like understood what it was like to be an athlete. And even though like she was obviously like way higher caliber than I was, like um, like she, like she knew how everything worked and she like knew when people like things that would stress people out and stuff. And she like really was really chill about stuff. And I, I really liked her. And also like I was away from home quite a bit and I was like, um, like 18 to 19. So I wasn't super old yet. So she was kind of like, um, I kind of say like my Korean mom in a way. And yeah, she really took care of me. So yeah. Why? I also love what you said about just like having a coach who, uh, what really stuck with me is like, knows what she's doing, like knows like how you're gonna do all these things. Um, Cause I actually have a coach right now who just stopped skating. Like he, he knows like, if I tell him, oh, I made this competition. He's like, oh, I know I've been there. I've done that. Um, this is what you need to do. And this is how you're gonna like keep going through skating. And like. That means a lot to me as a person and as a skater because um it's just it's something that's like so personal like here's what you specifically need to do not really like here's what everyone needs to do but it just it's very nice to have that like one-on-one -on -one coach time i feel yeah i agree like you know especially after you're coached by someone for so long like they really get to know you and you really get to know them and you know personally for me when I reflect on like the time that I've played soccer, um, considering that I've had the same coach since I was seven, um, there's definitely a lot of things that I've been able to learn and I'm really grateful for that. And I think, you know, coaches are really important because they teach you so much about leadership. And as someone who um, is personally like really involved in leadership, I think um, there's been so much that I can learn from my soccer coach. Um, but other than that, like after the Olympics, you decided to retire from skating, like you said. So is there a specific event that made you realize that you wanted to focus on other things, such as school rather than speed skating? Yeah, so um, so my first few years of university um, here in Calgary, I took like a minimum course load and they have like a really good program um, for student athletes here in engineering that allows you to take two years to finish your first year um, common classes. So then you won't get penalized when you um, choose like your uh, specific program, like uh, civil or I'm in software now. And um, so like those years, like, I guess I was like really inching slowly through my degree. And then um, during the COVID year, I was able to take four classes um, because there wasn't like a lot of time conflicts. Um, like everything was online and also there was like a mechanical failure at the oval so like we didn't have a lot of like scheduled times that we needed to be there and um like when I was uh, signing up for classes again at the end of the year I guess I sort of realized that 
um, like the classes had started getting harder and also the class sizes were smaller. So there were like really specific offerings and um, scheduling became quite a bit more difficult. And I realized that um, like it would take a lot more than five years um, to like finish my degree because I'd have to like sort of uh, try to fit it around um, like our skating times and yeah also like it, I didn't have like a really good season and I took quite a bit of time off so um, I guess I felt it was just time to move on and experience other things in life. Mm -hmm. yes. I know I agree like I totally understand you know sometimes like you do have to um, move on and it is hard to like let that let that go especially if you've been skating or playing a certain sport or whatever it is for such a long time but I guess after you retired like is there a specific moment from your ski skating career that really stuck to you like it can be really simple or you know such an event or just um the friends or whatever it is but is there something that you know you'll remember forever um I think like it was just such like an integral part of like growing up for me that like I mean, they're all, like, even the little things are definitely important, but, I mean, definitely the friends, um, I think. I, I really hope that I'll be keeping them on the long term. And, yeah, just, like, I, I, mostly just the people that you meet and, like, and there's so many different people and they're all pretty cool, so most of them are pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I definitely, yeah, I relate to a lot of things you say because, um, as I mentioned before in this episode, I'm a speed skater. So I definitely know, like, what that environment feels like. Like, you go to a competition in something like Calgary where, like, if someone goes to a competition for a hockey or a, I don't know, a hockey game in Calgary, you probably don't know the other team. But if you go to a competition in speed skating to Calgary, you're going to know almost everyone there. And so it's just, like, everyone knows everyone else and it's, it's such a nice feeling to just be able to like, go everywhere and you have a friend you have someone you can talk to or rely on even like you're halfway across the province um and it, yeah it is such a big part of like i think it's a big part of every speed skater's life just in general because um it's like people are like oh i haven't skated for four or five years i'm like I haven't skated since yesterday and it's weighing down on me how is this possible yeah erin loves speed skating like she talks about it all the time um it's so great um but i you know you were talking about kind of having like bad seasons and everything and i totally get that as well like um you know i think in sports there's a lot of ups and downs and highs and lows and sometimes you know those highs like you're you just won like tournament gold or provincial champions or something like that. Well, for me, because I don't play um, at the national level or anything. Um, but I know what it's like to have a bad season, like recently, and it's it, it can be like really hard to um, move past that as a team because you know there's a lot of um, people are discouraged, like the morale is low. People, um, a lot of people end up quitting sometimes after a bad season, which um, is sad, and it does take a lot of work to get um, through. But I think that you know getting through that as a team is like really helps to solidify the, the team chemistry and you guys just get closer um, being able to go through a bad season. So I think there's a lot to learn from that as well. So, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add on that? 
<laughs> okay, I answered that on a bit of a sad note. Yeah, we like we need time to jump in, so like letting you if you want jump in. Yeah, just interrupt me whenever. Sometimes I ramble. So, um, considering that you were the only athlete representing Singapore for the Winter Olympics back in 2018, um, what did actually making the Olympics mean to you? Um, like it was like really just like an incredible life experience as a whole. Um, I got to meet like some pretty cool people through it. Like, uh, I mean, there's like the other athletes and also like, just like important people. Like I, uh, got to sit down with the president of the IOC and, um, I got to meet the president of South Korea, um, through it as well because he came to Singapore and I went to like a dinner with him and uh, the head of state of Singapore so that was pretty cool um what did like what was that whole experience like I I just felt like I was in a place with a lot of important people and it was kind of scary and the food was really good (laughs) of course um so I also heard that you were a flag bearer at these um, Olympics as well. So, um, you know, that's a pretty big deal. So what was that whole experience like to you? It was, um, it was really, like, cool just to be part of, like, such a big ceremony thing. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I, if, if I somehow, not that it'll ever happen, but if I was somehow an Olympic flag bearer, I don't know how much I'd have to say either. I feel like that in itself is already um, a pretty shocking experience. Yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. It's just such a big thing. It's like, how are you supposed to attach words to that? Yeah. Erin, do you have fun to go to the Olympics? Um. <laughs> Cheryl, you're asking a very big question. It's okay. I don't expect to answer, but considering how much you talk about speech, I'm definitely expecting to see you there. But yeah, we can we can talk about that later. Now is not the time. Um, but you know, I would imagine constantly traveling um, for you, Cheyenne, for speed skating could be difficult at times. So, how did it feel training mostly in Singapore while still having your friends um, and most of your life back in Canada? It was definitely like um, pretty hard to um, like leave all my friends and stuff. But also, it was like the year after high school and after you graduate, like, it's sort of a turning point for everyone, and everyone sort of goes their separate ways to their different universities, or some of them are working, or, um, like, going to college, getting into, like, whatever their future holds, so I guess it was, like, um, it's kind of the same for everyone at that time, and it was just sort of, like, you had to make sure that you kept in touch with your friends, and, um, Obviously, the people from skating I, like, saw again in, like, a year or two. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this might be a bit of a hard question, but, you know, what do you think is, like, the most important thing you learned from that experience? Like, uh, which experience in particular? Kind of just, like, having to train somewhere else and leaving a lot of your friends behind. Is there something in particular? Uh, Maybe certain values or just something in general that um you realized um yeah I guess um like when I was younger I definitely thought that um 
I'd be like, okay, um, just like being alone. Um, but like, I, I had to spend a lot of time alone. And when I was in Korea, like, very little people spoke English besides like, like, there were some skaters from Singapore that like spoke English. But like, there was like a period of time where like that uh, skater wasn't there and none of the other, like, sometimes there are a couple other skaters. That would speak English, and there's like one dude who spoke some broken English, and like at at a point I was like skating with, um, like this really shows my level of skating. I was skating with the elementary school kids, and a lot of them like were like really excited they learned English at school, so they'd like say hello, and that was like mostly it. And sometimes they would throw in some other stuff they learned. But, like, it was, like, pretty hard not having people to talk to. And I think I realized that I think it's, like, pretty important to, like, just always have, like, friends around you. And that's why since moving to Calgary, I've, like, made sure I've had lots of roommates. So I've lived in big houses and um, definitely, like, gives me that. Because I'm not a super social person in general. So it kind of, like, gives me that... uh, people to talk to like when I want to talk and stuff like that you know so yeah yeah totally I totally get that I know personally like I would say I'm a pretty introverted person but I still it's really nice to just be surrounded by people that you're close to and you know you can trust um and just like not feeling alone sometimes it's definitely nice to have people to talk to for sure um, and, you know, if you were given the option to re-race a race where you did not perform as you hoped, would you take that opportunity to do it or would you just let it be? Um, I don't think I would. Um, I feel like, uh, like su- successes and um, failures are both part of, like, um, like, just the experience of, like, anything. Um, and I feel like, like those like learning experiences are really important. So I don't feel like there's a reason for like regret or anything like that. Yeah, I get that as well. I mean, you know, sometimes you finish a game or you finish an event and you're like, oh, dang, I wish I could just redo that and not have made this mistake or that mistake. And it could have been totally different. But honestly, in sports, like that's part of it, right? If you never make those mistakes, like in the end, you're never really going to improve if, um, you know, you just stay stagnant then. Erin, do you have anything to say? I do. Um, I totally agree with what you said. We say totally a lot here, but yeah. um, uh, I just, I came back from a competition there. I didn't do too well in, uh, I didn't get seated particularly well in, so I, I competed at about the expectation, um, but it's like, I learned so much because I did have a coach that I, I hadn't really gotten to work with before. Of course, we, we worked together online for a little bit like the year before, but this is the first year he actually saw me race, race and actually coached me. And I just learned so much from him because he, he was a particularly good skater. And then I was also able to learn like, this is how I have to deal with like emotionally, this is how I deal with something if this happens in a race this is how I deal with something if this happens in a race. Like, it's just all different things that you just need to learn to learn to deal with and learn from. Yeah, totally. Cheyenne, do you have anything to add on before we wrap it up? 
Thanks, Elsa. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, it was such a great interview. Um, we're really thankful that you took the time to um, be on our podcast for season three. Um, and I had a lot of fun talking about speed skating, even though I don't know very much. But everything you said was super cool and interesting to me. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. I love listening to her talk. And, you know, you don't get to hear speed skaters talk every day, especially on like such a cool and like not speed skating specific, specific whew, medium as a, a school podcast, you know? Yeah, totally. And, you know, now I certainly don't really have like the same amount of passion towards speed skating as you, Erin, obviously. But I really like that episode as well. I think, um, you know, as an athlete as well, I think everything that she said was really relatable. And I really liked her reflections, um, especially because, you know, she doesn't speed skate anymore, but she's really able to look back and appreciate all the good things that it gave her. Yeah, um, and we totally couldn't have made this episode as amazing as it already is without our old team and our new team. They're combined into our now actual podcast team, guys. Yay. I'm very excited. Woo. <laughs> um, our absolutely amazing new content producers are Chantal Shoga, Carrie Lou, Sandy Egan, and Mustafa Alam. We'd also like to thank our returning technical producers, Shamir Mughal and Kevin Xiao, and new technical producer, Rina Liu. Plus, the amazing music you heard today is by Dea Rai and Sandeep Loldial. And also, a big thanks to Mr. Grodiak and Mr. Baki, who sadly wasn't able to be here to record with us today. But he's been a big help in just all the producing ever. And, you know, get ready for some new voices on the podcast. I'm not going to tell you who, but... They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Stay tuned for season three, episode three of The Lowdown. But until then, just remember, be legendary. legendary.